active duty member of the United States Air Force, and I will no longer be complicit in genocide. Israel is using the, the starvation weapon against the north of Gaza Strip to force people to leave, to evacuate, to empty the north. They are starving people, they are killing them when they succeed to get some food. From the belly of the beast, hands of the Middle East. From the belly of the beast, hands of the Middle East. From the belly of the beast, hands of the Welcome to On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital. I'm Esther Ivarum. Well, from D.C. to Gaza, it was a tumultuous news week, a week of continued Holocaust and horror. More than 12,000 children of Gaza have been murdered in five months, killed at a rate faster than children died during the Nazi Holocaust. If the missing, who are buried under bomb structures and presumed dead, are counted, There are not 30,000 dead, but closer to 40,000 dead in Gaza, with more than 70,000 injured. The death toll, made up of 70% women and children, jumped higher Thursday as more than 100 people were killed and 700 injured when, according to witnesses, Israeli forces opened fire on men gathering to meet a convoy of trucks bringing flour to North Gaza, the first aid trucks to reach the north since January. Bisan Alda, a journalist in Gaza with millions of followers on social media, said that those waiting for aid throughout Gaza are repeatedly fired on by Israel, which is also blocking these trucks from entering Gaza. She said Israel is using starvation as a weapon of war. People, fathers and brothers, started to sleep in the streets for weeks now. They're waiting for any aid trucks at least enters during the night so they can get some flour to the family. So tonight at 4 a.m. it happened. Some flour bags entered the north of Gaza Strip and people started running to get that flour, to get that food for their families. So the Israeli tanks opened the fire on them. Their blood was mixed with the flour. The mothers and sisters, the family will never bake that flour, will never bake that bread, they will never get back to their homes. They, they said goodbye to the, to the family to, to get some food and they will never get back with that food again. Scenes of the grisly aftermath broadcast by corporate news outlets and posted on social media came just days after the shocking footage of the self-immolation of U.S. Airman Aaron Bushnell in front of the Israeli embassy here in Washington, D.C to protest the genocide in Gaza. The 25-year-old native of Whitman, Massachusetts, used his phone to stream himself live on the Twitch platform, walking in front of the embassy. It's Aaron Bushnell. I am an active duty member of the United States Air Force, and I will no longer be complicit in genocide. 
I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest, but compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, it's not extreme at all. This is what our ruling class has decided will be normal. He then placed the phone to capture his image standing in fatigues in front of the embassy as he put on a military cap, poured a clear liquid over his head and body from a metal container, and then lit himself on fire while repeatedly yelling, Free Palestine. Even after he screamed in agony, Bushnell still yelled free Palestine one more time before he collapsed. One of the first security or police on the scene pointed a gun at him as he still laid burning on the ground, while other police called for fire extinguishers. Headlines about Bushnell's self-immolation followed hours later by news of his death raced quickly through social media and D.C. area activists quickly organized a vigil for him for the next day. We'll bring you voices from that vigil for the remainder of the show after headlines. And now for more national and international news, I'm joined by our geopolitical analyst, Gerald Horn, the Morris Professor of History and African-American Studies at the University of Houston. Welcome back to the show, Gerald. Thank you for inviting me. Well, you know, I can't help but think about the words of Aaron Bushnell as he was marching to the spot at the Israeli embassy where he would set himself on fire. He said, this is what our ruling class has decided will be normal. And it was so haunting for me uh, to hear this young person, 25 years old, talk about this, because when you really think about it, that in a nutshell is what's so disturbing to so many of us around the globe that we refuse for this to be normal, you know, to open up your phone or your laptop or, or look on your TV screen and see a genocide underway and have that somehow be acceptable or that our own government is complicit in this and is not doing everything possible to save lives and and not kill children. So in addition to this horrific massacre this week in Gaza, and that's after Aaron Bushnell has, um, you know, made the sacrifice of himself here at the Israeli embassy. After that, the voters in Michigan sent the White House or the Biden administration a big message with more than 100,000 people voting uncommitted in this key swing state. So why don't we start there? Well, that point is very significant. It was thought that if 5% would vote uncommitted, that is to say not checking the box for Mr. Biden in the Democratic primary in Michigan, that that would be significant. But the figure was north of 13%, which means that this was a profound development. 
it may not reach to the level of 1968 when Gene McCarthy, the Minnesota senator, ran an anti-war campaign in the Democratic primary against President Johnson, causing President Johnson to decide not to run for re-election. But certainly it's a step in that direction. And likewise, Marion Williamson, who had suspended her campaign for the Democratic nomination for president, unsuspended her campaign after she received 3% of the vote in Michigan, which was more than Dean Phillips. And of course, Marion Williamson has been the most staunch supporter of a ceasefire with regard to the massacres and genocide in Gaza. Now, Mr. Biden rather casually mentioned the other day that he expects movement towards a ceasefire by Monday. I'm not so sure about that. We shall see. It may have been part of a tactic to put pressure on Mr. Netanyahu, the Israeli prime minister, because it's no secret that Mr. Netanyahu would like to see Mr. Trump return to the Oval Office and therefore does not see an incentive to cooperate with Mr. Biden. Uh, Speaking of Mr. Trump, uh, I think we should mention that those who feel that somehow he's an alternative to Mr. Biden need to think twice or thrice. They should recall that it was Mr. Trump who flew in the face of international law by moving the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. It was Mr. Trump who tried to drag Iran into this conflict by assassinating his Iranian leader, General Soleimani, suspending U.S. participation in the nuclear talks with Iran, not to mention his so-called Muslim ban, which was aimed not only at the Arab world, but the Muslim world in general. And we should recognize that both the Democrats and Republicans have contradictions when it comes to working out a settlement with regard to this Gaza genocide. We know about the Zionist billionaires like the Adelson family, which is heavily invested in Las Vegas casinos and the Dallas Mavericks professional basketball team, a major supporter of Mr. Trump and Mr. Netanyahu alike. And then, of course, there are Zionist billionaires who are supporting the Democratic Party as well. And so for those who are looking for a real or true alternative to the two-party system, to the duopoly, they need to look beyond Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden, perhaps not look towards RFK Jr., who has capitulated to the Zionist lobby, but perhaps look towards uh, uh, Claudia de la Cruz or Jill Stein or Cornel West or candidates who are taking a more staunch position with regard to genocide. And of course, those who are voting in the District of Columbia uh, have that particular choice because there is no danger of Mr. Trump prevailing electorally in the District of Columbia. So you have an incentive to pad the numbers of one of the third party uh, presidential uh, candidates. And uh, I would hope as well that those who are of a more activist bent would take advantage of this international boycott 
that's unfolding against McDonald's because they're providing Happy Meals to Israeli soldiers or to Starbucks and join in that international boycott of these major U.S. corporations uh, because I think that's the least we can do to try to help to preserve the memory and the legacy of the late Aaron Bushnell. Absolutely. I know. We'll certainly keep a watch on all these stories. Thank you for joining me today, Gerald. Thank you for inviting me. And finally, D.C. is among the latest U.S. cities and towns where people are urging lawmakers to pass a resolution supporting a ceasefire in Gaza. As we go to broadcast on the first day of March 2024, pro-ceasefire activists are scheduled to protest outside the offices of the D.C. Council. And on Saturday, March 2nd at 1 p.m., the D.C. location for Millions March for Palestine is back at the Israeli embassy in Northwest D.C. Locations for actions around the United States and world are listed at shutitdownforpalestine.org and at answercoalition.org. And those are headlines and happenings. Up next, and for the remainder of the show, the people speak out for Aaron Bushnell in front of the Israeli embassy a day after his death. This is On the Ground. Stay with us. Know it's keep going, run, better run. Mama told me never fold, run, better run. Like Jenny told Forrest Gump, run, better run. The race for freedom ain't won, run, better run. Had to make it out the red clay, run, better run. The west side of Atlanta, yeah, that's where I'm from. Outside, our hands on like a glove. Moving like my. Nori eating on the run. Still an underground king, and that's worth the bun. Locked in like Rice Creek without a bun. I was playing with the pot away before the run. My wife was born a redhead, but now she a blonde. Politicians lie, your favorite rapper is a gun. Hello, everybody. My name is Wasam. Thank you, everybody, for coming here today. We come together under circumstances most tragic, driven by a sense of profound loss, anger, and an unwavering demand for justice. Yesterday, we lost an individual who was not only a member of the armed forces, but also a courageous soul who took an unimaginable step to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people, our people. In a selfless and devastating act of emulation, this service member laid down their life to spotlight the struggles, the injustices, and the relentless pain endured by countless individuals every day in Palestine. His last true words were free Palestine. We are gathered here not just to mourn, but to affirm that his sacrifices and the causes that were highlighted will not be forgotten. We honor his memory, the brave soul, as well as the memories of all of those 30,000 plus lost in Gaza and Palestine. Those who have been lost during the struggle for dignity, freedom, peace, not only in Palestine, but Lebanon, Yemen, and Syria. Their names, their actions, and their dedication light a fire in our hearts and strengthen our resolve. We are angry, rightfully so. We are angry because in a world abundant in resources, knowledge, and pathways to peace, 
we still witness unbearable acts of violence and expressions of profound desperation. We are angry because the call for justice, for a dignified existence for the Palestinian people, continues to be met with indifferences, if not outright hostility, by those with the power to make a difference. Yet, let us channel this anger into constructive action. Let us use our voices, our resources, and our networks to advocate for change. Let us support organizations, initiatives, and each other that seek to provide relief and support to those afflicted by this conflict. Let us hold our leaders accountable, urging them to prioritize peace, justice, and human rights in their foreign policies and international relations. Moreover, let us remember the lesson of empathy and solidarity that this act of sacrifice teaches us. This service member, despite or perhaps vigor towards a world where no one feels compelled to undertake such drastic measures to be heard, where justice and peace are not just ideals but realities for all, including the Palestinian people. We will not let this loss be in vain. We will remember, we will act, and together we will strive for a future marked by empathy, justice, and peace, for no one is truly free until Palestine is free. Thank you. We'd love to welcome any other speakers who might want to share their thoughts at this time. Hi everyone, uh, my name's Danica, but um, I am not speaking on behalf of myself tonight. I'm speaking on behalf of Daniel Hale, who was an Air Force veteran um, who was sent to prison for whistleblowing on the US drone program. Greeting friends and comrades, I express the most utmost solidarity and humble respect for our fallen comrade, Aaron. Both Aaron and I share a commonality that is more widely spread throughout the American military than the ruling class would have you believe. The weight of guilt for the many crimes against humanity perpetrated by our government hangs heavy over every veteran. Aaron succumbed to the most pervasive wound in the US military, a moral wound. I urge each of you to honor his memory by going and looking at his final moments uncensored Aaron wanted everyone to witness the horror of human beings being consumed by flames, lest we continue to ignore the reality of what our bombs are doing to the bodies of Gazan children by the tens of thousands. God promised Noah the fire next time. Aaron's stunning bravery is prophecy fulfilled. Upon the ashes of an old world, we shall build the new one. Until every prison, a library, until every sword, a plowshare, until Palestine is free, Rest in power to the martyrs of Gaza, and rest in power, Aaron Bushnell. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Kamal Freeman, Angry Black Man in Therapy. I'm representing We Act Radio. It's been said that if you set yourself on fire, the world will watch you burn. I really didn't know what that really meant in real time until yesterday. And this young man is now my newest hero. And for him to give his life to bring the change that we so desperately need in this world also shows up a mirror to many of us who are not only unwilling to risk our lives, we're not even willing to risk our livelihood. I've heard so many people in this bourgeois town tell me it's not your fight. You're gonna lose a lot of money. You're gonna like a lot of enemies. 
And I think that what this young man taught us is that that really doesn't matter, does it? Some of the same things they would tell us to minimize our righteous indignation to address the atrocity and the ongoing genocide. Many of them don't even want us to say the word genocide. We haven't even had an argument about that. Shame. That is a shame. shame. But it's because they are shameless that we have to make sure that we are not shameful and being acquiescent and silent. Martin Luther King was accused of the same things when he spoke out against the war in Vietnam. History repeats itself. And the system is not going to change on its own. We cannot shame the shameless. We cannot appeal to the conscience and morals of those who have no conscience or morals. You have people telling us, oh, well, if you don't support Biden in this genocide, then you're going to make it easy for Trump. Those are false choices, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, brothers and sisters, friends and enemies, as Malcolm would say. Because those are paper and plastic choices. We have a third option. And it's a recyclable bag, and we need to bring that bag to the table. We should have a record-breaking turnout for third-party candidates in this election. Yeah. Don't just stay home. Yeah. Do something. That's what we say at We at Grail. Do something. And this is our moment. This is an inflection point. And if you think I'm playing, just look at the, the calendar. What happened in the last election? Even if Biden pulls off a win, which I don't think is going to happen because he would need everybody that voted for him last time, this time, and that's not going to happen. But even if he did, Trump would not accept the results. What did he do last time? What do you think he's going to do this time when it's all for the marbles? But sadly, the two wings of the same bird somehow agree on foreign policy, don't they? There's no difference when it comes to this issue. But that has changed, hasn't it? That has changed. Again, this is a bougie town, so we cannot expect too much change here. By police that are trained by Israel there to have any support for what we need to do. But again, we can do something. There are 80,000 young people in college in this town, and they are all eligible to register to vote. They qualify for residency. And if only half of them took up the ballot or the bullet and joined us in this election, we could really tip the balance of power. And D.C., not being a state, should be a national issue. Because guess what? If it was a state, theoretically, we would get two progressive new Democratic senators, and that would tip the balance of power in this country. Make no mistake about it. They are both two wings of the same bird. You have cons conservative elements on both parties that prevents anything from getting done. Most people in this country wants a ceasefire, but our elected representatives are not listening to us. And so I want to thank everyone that came out here today, but when you leave here, don't Take this fire and let it burn out. The fire he lit yesterday burns on. And if we like to say we at Grail, do something. And the last thing I want to say is that our current congresswoman, 87-year-old Eleanor Holmes Norton, is not only mute on this issue, but she refuses to say ceasefire. And that's a shame. Yeah.
And I'm setting myself on fire to challenge her in that, and I hope some of you will join us. Thank you. We will honor all our martyrs. four months. We gather to honor the lives and homes being bombed across Arab lands from Lebanon to Syria to Yemen. We gather here to honor the heroism that occurred on this land yesterday of Aaron Bushnell making the ultimate sacrifice in devotion to true liberation. Arabs and Palestinians have a strong tradition in honoring our martyrs. The word for martyr in Arabic, shaheed, translates to witness, or one whose final moment in life is as a witness to injustice. Aaron Bushnell was a martyr, whose final moment was spent in the heat of one naked, unflinching truth. The moral conscience of every human being, from the belly of the beast to the farthest reaches of the earth, demands immediate attention and action to end the horrors before us. We honor these martyrs, we bear witness to their deaths. We commemorate their lives, not because it is easy, but because it is one of the highest duties we have to our people. Yes. Aaron Bushnell's sacrifice is being remembered across the world today. He has taken the most honorable stance a free person can make to willingly choose the fire of this world in the name of justice and liberation rather than stand by and be complicit in genocide. He continues in the distinct tradition of heroic martyrs who have self-emulated to spark revolution. From Thich Quang Duc in protest in Vietnam to Mohammed Bouazizi sparking the Arab Spring in Tunis. This is the ultimate form of protest. The response to the ultimate evils present in this world. We honor these martyrs and assure that their deaths inspire millions to sacrifice for global revolution. Aaron Bushnell was an active duty member of the Air Force. The ruling class do not want the people to know that this was an American soldier who sacrificed his life, not for the interests of the elite, but for the people. This one act undermines every piece of American propaganda that furthers a false narrative of freedom and democracy and that the highest form of honor is to serve in the military. A lie sold to exploit poor and working class youth to give them one means yeah. of survival and yeah. contribute to the exploitation of the masses around the world. Yeah. It's a false choice imposed upon people in a country that doesn't provide for their safety and well-being. Aaron Bushnell saw through these lies. He shattered this myth with a very clear message. 
His refusal to be complicit destroyed this narrative and he did so in a way that could not be denied by the media. And we remind everyone in his own words that this extreme act of protest compared to what the people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizer is not extreme at all. For over four months, our people have been experiencing absolute horrors at the hands of the Zionist entity. The Zionist entity whose premier outpost in front of us was labeled yesterday with only an ounce of the true horror of its foundation and legacy. We have lost 30,000 of our people, 30,000 of our people in Gaza alone. Hundreds of thousands are at the brink of death from starvation. How many of our people have been burned to their core from white phosphorus bombs that the people in this building helped to purchase? How many of our people were burned in the ruins of the rubbles of their own homes? How many of our people bled to death in hospitals with no fuel left to burn? How many years of vigils will we be attending to honor our martyrs? All who have paid the same price as Aaron and have not garnered the global admiration or grief. The war criminals in this city, the war criminals in this building and in the White House have the souls and blood of Aaron, every Palestinian killed, tortured, imprisoned and starves on their hands. We affirm with every breath that we will resist until liberation, that their blood is the most priceless on this planet, that every drop paves the path to liberation. That is why, no matter the dev devastation the empire unleashes on our people, we fight on undeterred and unshaken because we know that we do not fight alone, because we recognize the conviction and commitment behind Aaron's words and feel the same rage at those responsible for the slaughter in Gaza. Everyone here feels that same righteous anger that Aaron felt, and we share the same refusal to be unmoved by what we are seeing with our own eyes. He screamed, free Palestine, until he drew his last breath. With every muscle, through the sheer pain, through tears, through flames, and through fire. With every muscle in his body, he screamed, free Palestine, free Palestine. to have your final words in this unjust world be free Palestine. May this moment be a reminder to us all for why we must fight on and let it invigorate your commitment to liberation. Free Palestine. Today, we need to remember 
that Aaron Bushnell did not cry, but rather stood with conviction as he lit the flame that ablazed his body, screaming free Palestine with anger and with rage. With anger and with rage. And his legacy will carry on so that we do not stand with simple sadness, but with anger and with rage. With anger and with rage. Until the empire crumbles from the top to the bottom. Anger and rage is all we have been feeling for almost five months over 140 days. 75 years of occupation, almost 76, 17 years of the siege on Gaza. And Aaron Bushnell stood here yesterday and was so strategic with what he did. And let me explain to you why. He knew the media would try to spin this as though he was mentally unstable, just another troubled child. But everything he did was calm, cool, collected. He stood there, explained why he was there, and the Huffington Post had the audacity to say they have no reason to believe yet that this was a form of protest. With his very first words, were that this was an extreme form of protest. And the officer, who drew his gun, who drew his weapon, telling a man who was lit to flames, burning and falling to the ground, screaming free Palestine, he told him to stay on the ground. And this, this moment exposes the truth and the reality of state violence, of what this state continuously does. It is enforced to kill, not to save. These cops, these agents, the entire institutions are trained to kill and not to save. Just like these murderers inside this building. And so as we gather for Aaron, and we gather for over 30,000 lives that have been lost in Gaza alone, not even counting the West Bank, not even counting Yemen, not even counting Syria or Iraq. The list of the countries can go on, right? As we stand here for them, let us not forget that anger and rage are our tools and that this is not just the beginning of the revolution. The revolution has been ongoing for 76 years and the global masses have finally chosen to wake up, have finally to put their bodies on the front lines. It is no longer just our people alone. And three years ago, I stood right here in front of this embassy telling every single person that this is not just a Palestinian issue only. That this is not just a Arab issue only. It is, but not only. It is not just a Muslim issue only. And Aaron Bushnell, a white man who is an active duty in the military, stood here and self-immolated for the people of Palestine. And his act, it's just a glimpse into how the empire is crumbling and will continue to crumble and burn to the ground until all of our people are free from Turtle Island to Palestine, to all over the Middle East, from the belly of the beast, hands of the Middle East, from the belly of the beast, hands of the Middle East, from the belly of the beast, hands of the Middle East. We will
honor Aaron Bushnell and all of our martyrs, and we will remember his legacy as we have remembered Rachel Corey's legacy. You are listening to some of those who spoke at the vigil for U.S. Airman Aaron Bushnell held Monday, February 26, 2024, in front of the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., where Bushnell set himself on fire one day before. You just heard members of the Palestinian Youth Movement and From Maryland to Palestine. Before them, Kimon Freeman, founder of We Act Radio, who is running for Congress, Danica Ketkovich, national co-director of Code Pink, reading a statement by former U.S. Airman and whistleblower Daniel Hale, and Wissam, another member of the Palestinian diaspora. This is On the Ground. I'm Esther Averam. Stay with us. On the Ground is a totally listener-sponsored, supported show, and we are in need of your support. If you rely on the show, if you listen to the show, you come to look forward to what we are able to offer every week, please support us on Patreon at p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash on the ground show. And you can also give on our website through PayPal or other means if you want to send a check. All that information is there. But please, please support us. I want to thank our supporters on Patreon so much. And for those who are already supporting, if you can tell a friend who you know would love to sign up, we need the support. Patreon.com forward slash on the ground show or go to on the ground show.org. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum, peace be unto you. My name is Fatima, I am from Afghanistan, and like the sister before me said, this didn't start on October 7th. We come from lands that have been repeatedly colonized, invaded, occupied. After 9-11, the first invasion that the U.S. started in recent times was my homeland, Afghanistan. And I can promise you, the majority of the people here right now did not do anything to even verbally oppose that invasion occupation that ended a couple of years ago. We lost thousands of our people. The military industrial complex is in this area, the DMV area. Six of the wealthiest counties in the country are here and they have directly profited the last 20 years. The technology is being used on our Palestinian siblings right now. The aerial warfare, the drone attacks were perfected on my people, on the people of Iraq, where millions were killed, on Sudan, Somalia. Sudan and Somalia did not just get invaded and occupied today. That's been going on since the Obama years. Um, I, I don't want to repeat what my Palestinian siblings have already said. They can do it better than me. But I want to say one thing. In the belly of the beast, there are no quiet spaces in our hearts for candlelight vigils. This was Nadine Naber from Palestine Studies in November. And when Aaron came here in principled politics, put his principled militant politics into actual action and set himself on fire, I can promise you that he wants us to do more. He wants us to be more militant and radical in our actions. I hear a lot of I hear a lot of revolutionary rhetoric in these events that in these protests and rallies, but all our tactics have been liberal as hell. And that in, And this burden should not fall on my Palestinian siblings. This burden should fall on the 
allies, which we want them to be accomplices. Aaron Bushnell was an accomplice, and we need more accomplices. It, on the 11th anniversary of the U.S. War of Afghanistan, to the troops we said, go AWOL, return, refuse to fight, start a revolt amongst your ranks. Aaron did exactly that. And we need everybody who works for the DOD, NSA, CIA, FBI, all the institutions of war, weapons, and surveillance. We need them all to quit their jobs, revolt. I'm also gonna draw attention to the fact that once again, I hear a cause for liberation in the settler colony of the US being co-opted into electoral politics. I say no to that, whether it's one party, two party, or three parties. We know that the United States is the settler yeah. colony on stolen native yeah. land built, yeah. built off of genocide of indigenous people here that's still ongoing, built off of the stolen labor of Africans forced into slavery. So I say, and say it with me, abolish the settler colony of the U.S. Abolish the settler colony of the U.S. Abolish the settler colony of Israel. Abolish the settler colony of Israel. Abolish the settler colony of Israel. Abolition. Another point I want to make. Abolition. Abolishing the police and prisons and the incarceration system. That image. The image of the cop holding a gun at the protester is the perfect example of how the police and Israel and IOF are connected. We all know the IOF trains with police departments in this country that murders black lives on a daily. So the struggle, the struggle for black liberation, the struggle for land back indigenous liberation in the settler colony of the US is directly connected to the struggle for free Palestine. And if we wanna be free, we need to have our movements work in solidarity with the other struggles on the ground here. Thank you. Free Palestine! Hello, before I start talking, I want everyone to look around and look for Aaron's military leaders. Where are they? Where are his leaders? Where are his colleagues, his co-workers? Why are they not here to mourn this soldier, this airman? Where are they? You know who is here today? Patriots. True patriots. Yeah. That's who's here today because probably before this situation, I'd imagine that there's some tension between people of, from the Middle East and the military because of course they send us to do their bidding. They send us to do the bidding. Do you know who sends us to do the bidding? The legislative branch, the executive branch, they send us to do the bidding and make their money and they kill us and they come home and they barely support us with mental health, with a future. They say, oh, you'll get a GI Bill and free college though. But I want you to remember this day because I will for the rest of my life. Who showed up for this soldier? Who showed up? You guys did because you have a heart. Humanity is in your hearts and humanity will prevail. And I want to make sure that I repeat exactly what he said. I will no longer be complicit 
in genocide. Free Palestine. Ceasefire now. With the help of the Almighty, I pray to the Almighty to bestow upon me his truth, his wisdom, that I may be worthy of conveying his message. We, as Jewish people around the world who are true to our religion, have been standing not for 75 years of this occupation, over 100 years since the Belfort Declaration, since the encroaching of settlers in the Holy Land, slowly but surely coming up and taking towns, villages, homes from the Palestinian people. We are Jewish people who made a covenant with God 3,000 years ago to be subservient to God. We constantly say, Mahu rachum rachum. Just as you are compassionate, the Almighty God, we are to be compassionate. We are to emulate God. We are to be a light. Ideally, when we're practicing the Torah, to teach people how to do kindness, to show gratitude for good done, to constantly, as God is the all-compassionate, to emulate and to do these deeds that the world should follow and do in these footsteps in the ways that we were taught in our Torah. Unfortunately, I must tell you first that I am a, a child of Holocaust survivors. My grandparents were killed in Auschwitz. The majority of my family were killed in both Hungary and Poland. I studied with my uncle for many years, whose, his wife and five children were murdered by the Nazis. They were burnt. They were consumed in fire, in ashes. They were gassed, they were murdered. It's not that long ago. It's not that long ago. I have relatives, my father-in-law passed away recently, and he was a Holocaust survivor, he was in Auschwitz. So we know, we feel, we suffer, we hurt, and we know what it means when people are being murdered, being, people being murdered for not for some, for, for some evil that they committed, but simply because other people have a twisted ideology in their world. But the rest of the world has the obligation as creatures of God that were created by the Almighty to stand up and speak up. And the world recognized that. In fact, the Holocaust is used around the world as an example to teach what, what we must do and what we dare not do. We must do is when we see evil in the world, people who are in some manner condoning or justifying their way of thinking that is corrupt, that is wrong, and they go and they pray in their synagogues, they pray in their mosques, they pray in their churches. As for hundreds of years we had here in the United States, there was slavery and people went and prayed in their churches and felt they were good human beings. And we had that throughout history. There are always people who could do wrong 
and believe that they're in peace with their maker. But that is why the rest of the world is here. And that is why the United Nations was created. To stand up and say, we are human beings of the Almighty, created by the Almighty, and we must stand up. And we dare not be silent. We've witnessed, ironically, the creation of the United Nations that was created that there should not be a World War I or World War II and repeated. And they ratified a land where the majority were Muslims, the second group of people were Christians, and then there was a Jewish community, all living together in peace with a distinctly different religion. Religion was not an impediment of our coexistence. On the contrary, we are talking about God-fearing people, holy people, and we got along, we helped, we lived together, we helped each other. And a movement started that's called Zionism, a transformation from this godliness to nationalism, ignoring the words of the rabbinical authorities worldwide who said, what are you doing? You're not allowed to steal the land of a people. And what type of people? A people when we were being murdered and harassed, killed, expelled from lands in Europe. Who took us in? The Muslim countries took us in. And then you, you vilify them and call them anti-Semitic. How dare you? So we are hurting. We are hurting for so many years, our rabbinical authorities, our rabbis, our parents, our grandparents. We, we, we say, we just went through this. How could you go ahead and do this to other people? We've been standing together with the Palestinian people. We've been being brutally beaten, harassed, killed, and the world is silent. It's bewildering to us because nobody accuses us of carrying guns. And this is ongoing. And where is it happening? On the auspices of a people that call themselves representatives of God using the star of David, the name Jew, Judaism. But we will not be silent. We will continue to be here together with the Palestinian people hurting and crying and being outspoken and pleading with the world that they're creating remembrances for the Holocaust that remembrance for the Holocaust was not supposed to be a piece of stone. It was something that was supposed to pierce the hearts of us, that we should be out here and speaking and talking. But it hasn't, we've seen it culminated, this ignoring, this slowly developing, growing, expanding, this occupation of another people unjustly. People that are innocent, they're being taken over. Why? In the name of God. So the people are doing it, once people start going to evil, the evil expands, they become blind to what they're doing. And this is what's happening, it got worse and worse and worse and worse till it culminated in these last five months where everybody is witnessing, everybody is seeing day by day the murder again and again and again that the human, a normal human being should not be able to sleep. And that's what I think us, and many, many people around the world are so frustrated beyond words to a person with a heart, a soul. Aaron Bushnell, he just, his heart, which was so big and beautiful, just exploded and he went and he did the ultimate. He burnt himself to death because he was hoping that his life should have this purpose of doing what God wants of us. That we should be stopping an evil. We're not standing out here to speak to this corporation, to this 
existence that for 75 years has been masquerading in a beautiful religion of 3,000 years. We're speaking to the world leaders that they should recognize that in their midst, in Washington, D.C., the center of the United States of America that was supposed to be a home for people who are suffering around the world. They're letting exist the representation of this occupation. And Aaron Bushnell went and he came here. He knew where to come and he burnt himself to death. So we are here to cry and hurt with those 30,000 people who are dead in Gaza. Tens and hundreds of thousands more, the injured, suffering, in refugee camps, in the West Bank, the ones who died for so many years. And you know what? The ones who felt trapped, who were entrapped by Zionism, and their soldiers who also died, thinking they're dying for Judaism, possibly. But they died for a selfish, evil occupation that has no justification according to the Judaism. what we're seeing and Aaron Bushnell took his life right over here to tell the world to point to this and say this must be stopped we hope we cry we hurt we urge everybody to pray to the Almighty Almighty it's his world that with his compassion like apartheid was stopped that was evil yet it was recognized for tens of years in the United Nations but it was stopped and today nobody will give it approval or justify it because it was so evil, so wrong. Nobody can say it was right, yet it was accepted. And the ones who opposed it were terrorists, were called terrorists. We are pleading that this should be stopped. This should be stopped right away. It must be stopped. Everybody should pray to the Almighty for speedy and peaceful dismantlement. And everybody should not be intimidated. Look at the very religious communities, from Jerusalem to New York, wherever it must be, wherever the ones who are true to the religion, we are opposed to the occupation and we are saying that the people of Gaza, of Rafah, of Palestine, they're, they're the victims, they're innocent. Do not let them be hurt more. And we are... And we are coming here. God, hopefully, that the leaders of the world, it will go into their hearts and they will do what they were given this exalted positions of leaders of the world that was given to them by God, that they should use it for what they have to. At the same time, we are here to give a prayer to the Almighty. Aaron Bushnell, who gave his life, as we say in the Jewish prayers, the God who is full of compassion and sees when somebody did the utmost, he gave all of himself for the suffering of other human beings, that God should take him and give, embrace him up high, give him a throne amongst the ones who gave selflessly for the Almighty. And he should be able to enjoy a continuous existence over there with the other martyrs, the people of Palestine who died and the ones who suffered and died throughout the world in righteousness. And may the Almighty with His compassion see what's going on here 
and bring the end of this occupation today that we should be able to serve God in harmony together in joy. Amen. Thank you. And Rabbi Yisrael Dovit Weiss will have the last word on today's show. On March 2nd, 2024, there will be a global protest of millions demanding a ceasefire in Gaza, hands off Rafa, and justice for the more than 100,000 men, women, and children murdered or seriously injured in Israel's attack on Gaza. You can go to shutitdownforpalestine.org or answercoalition.org for more information. This is On the Ground. OnTheGroundShow.org, Voices of Resistance from the Nation's Capital. We're on two dozen stations on the Pacifica Radio Network, on all your podcast platforms at On the Ground with Esther Ivarum, and on our website, OnTheGroundShow.org. In addition to communicating with us on our website, you can let us know you like the show on Twitter, X, Facebook, and on Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com at On The Ground Show. And all of those platforms have a protest sign with green lettering that says On The Ground. Or I also link to every show on my Instagram page, which is Esther, E-S-T-H-E-R, underscore Ivarum, I-V like Victor, E-R-E-M like Mary. The music we play this hour included Run by Killer Mike, and our theme music for the show is Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. I'm Esther Ivarum. Until next time, take good care and keep raising your voice. Peace. <laughs>